From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. And it's Graham VK4 Baker Baker with the national news for week commencing June 19, 2022. Two Brits arrested in Albania as police accuse them of spying after seizing radio gear. Two Britons were quizzed on allegations of espionage by officers at Tirana International Airport in Albania after police discovered sophisticated Kenwood radios in their luggage. They told the officials they were IT engineers who were carrying the amateur gear to indulge in their hobby whilst on holiday in Albania. One suspect was registered as using a ham radio in the Tirana region on online profiles which also say he specialises in electronic warfare. A source said it's highly unusual to be carrying this sort of equipment and even more strange for someone to be stopped and accused of being a covert agent. The two Britons were held on May 30 and then allowed to return to the UK. However, they remain under investigation, police say. Their Kenwood was sent to the Albanian Criminal Laboratory for further examination. Jason, VK2 LAW, joins us now with much more international news here on VK1 WIA. Hello. Commencing international news from Region 1, ITU's ham radio station celebrates 60 years on air. United Nations Specialised Agency for Information and Communication Technologies owns and operates for Uniform 1 India Tango Uniform at the headquarters of the International Telecommunications Union. It started broadcasting on the 10th of June 1962 and was officially inaugurated the following month by the UN Secretary-General Utant and ITU Secretary-General Gerald Gross, himself a ham radio enthusiast, callsign Whiskey 3 Golf Golf. From its long-time home on the fifth floor of the Varembe Building in Geneva's International District, this unique broadcasting outlet still today serves as a model of the highest standards of amateur radio station operation everywhere. For you, one ITU's first contact, or QSO, was made with German station Delta Lima for Victor Kilo. Further QSOs followed, amounting to over 1,300 contacts worldwide in the first 24 hours. In the six decades since, ITU's radio station has made over a million contacts using CW, SSB and digital operational modes with radio amateurs around the world. Use it or lose it, Bergora? The Irish Radio Transmitter Society say it's not too often these days to hear our beautiful native Irish language spoken on amateur radio. As the newly appointed Irish language officer on the IRTS committee, Tony, Echo India 5 Echo Mike, would like to launch a pilot project, initially in the Dublin area, to promote the Irish language. The plan is to start a net on the Kipua 2-metre repeater, catering for all levels of fluency. If this proves a success, it's planned to expand it onto HF so the world can listen. As they say in rugby parlance, use it or lose it. In news from Region 2, the Federal Communications Commission is proposing to find an amateur radio operator for alleged interference with firefighting efforts in Idaho last year. It said Jason Frawley, Whiskey Alpha 7 Charlie Quebec, apparently interfered with radio communications that were guiding fire suppression aircraft working the Johnson Fire near Elk River.
Frawley later told the FCC he was only trying to help. The $34,000 fine would be the largest of its kind, the Commission said, in issuing its notice of apparent liability. All four Commissioners approved the NAL. Frawley now has the opportunity to respond, and the FCC would then consider final action. Commenting on the notice, Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel wrote, You can't interfere with public safety communications, full stop. So today we propose the largest fine of its type for this interference that put fire suppression and public safety itself at risk. The Commission says Frawley, the owner of Leader Communications, licensee of eight microwave licences and one business licence, told the FCC he did not mean harm and instead meant to help the firefighters by providing with details regarding Elk Butte. In news from Region 3, amateur radio activists who were members of the ORARI, the Indonesian Amateur Radio Organisation, met at the Indonesian Home Brewers Club event at South Jakarta Sunday, June 5. Home Brew is the activity of radio amateurs who assemble home devices to channel a hobby in the field of radio engineering. This event is a vehicle for education and trials of radio devices. It's an honour for those who can present their work in this performance. The event titled Friendly in the Air, Familiar on the Ground, was attended by 400 members of ARARI, the SAR team and electronics observers. For VK1 WIA National News, in Sydney I'm Jason, VK2LAW. VK1 WIA. Why did sunspots disappear for 70 years? EOS reports five decades of data revealed a star undergoing a pause in magnetic activity similar to what the Sun experienced almost 400 years ago. Every 11 years, the number of spots dotting the surface of the Sun increases and decreases like clockwork. Astronomers have been tracking the 11-year sunspot cycle for more than 400 years, using it to better understand the chaotic magnetic field the Sun puts out. The current solar cycle, number 25, started in 2019. The timing of the solar cycle is remarkably consistent. Sunspot numbers rise and fall, rise and fall, except for that time before they disappeared and weren't seen again for 70 years. That period of time from 1645 to 1715 is known as the Maunder Minimum, named after 19th century British astronomers Edward and Annie Maunder. Astronomers still don't understand why the sun ceased making sunspots for 70 years, but a new analysis of more than five decades of measurements of nearby stars has identified one that might be undergoing its own Maunder-like minimum. The star HD 166620 could help scientists understand this mysteriously quiescent period of the sun's history and unlock clues about how the solar dynamo functions. We can't build a time machine and go back to the Maunder minimum and study the sun as it was, said Jason Wright, an astronomer at Pennsylvania State University and co-author on the new analysis. But we can find an analogue and study its Maunder minimum. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. WIA VHF viewership winter field day next weekend. 0200 hours UTC, Saturday 25 June. 
Through 0159 hours UTC, Sunday 26 June. IARUHF World Championship next contest is July 9 and 10. WIA Trans Tasman Open Contest 16 July. The Trans Tasman Contest held on the third weekend in July aims to encourage low band activity between VK and ZL. RSGBIA Contest is July 30 31. WIARD or Remembrance Day Contest, Saturday, Sunday, August 13-14. Alara Contest, August 27-28. WIA-NZAT Oceania Contest. Phone, first, full weekend in October, 0600 hours UTC, Saturday to 0600 hours UTC, Sunday. CW. Second full weekend in October, 0600 hours UTC, Saturday to 0600 hours UTC, Sunday. Log deadline for all logs, 31 October. WIA VHF UHF Winterfield Day next weekend. This is Roger Harrison, VK 2ZRH, manager of the VHF UHF Field Days. As most of you know, the VHF UHF Field Days are held three times a year, not twice, in summer, winter and spring. Here we are, it's the 19th of June. The winter solstice arrives on Tuesday next, and the Winter VHF UHF Field Day is on next weekend. The Field Day page on the WIA website has been updated, but the rules are the same as those for previous events. However, I do have some news for all you Field Day tragics. Following the passing of Mike VK3AVV in January, there has been somewhat of a hiatus regarding future support for his brilliant VKCL logging software, as well as the log checking software he developed and used to generate the results of each VHF-UHF field day event. In the meantime, Doug, VK4ADC, on his own initiative, embarked recently on developing a new contest logger, which he has titled Yet Another Contest Logger, Yackle. Doug has launched it for contesters to try out for the winter event next weekend. You can download it from the internet address in the text version of this broadcast. While Yackle has been developed to have the familiar look and feel of VKCL, Doug says the new logger employs a few different design principles that should make it even more flexible. The on-screen format is based on VKCL, but it's vastly different inside, Doug says, having been written from scratch in a different programming language. It has an inbuilt interface to WSJTX for direct logging of digital QSOs and includes OmniRig support for two radios. Partial microwave transverter support is also incorporated, says Doug. While YAKL development is continuing, it can be used for the winter VHF UHF field day as those rules have already been transformed into a configuration file with more Australian contests to be supported in the future. YAKL follows the well-known N1MM plus logger principle, where contests are defined in an external file to match the published rules. With rule changes, it only needs a new text file rather than a rewrite of the software. Doug is also working on log checking software that is important to providing fully checked and ranked results. If you plan to give Yakul a go, 
Remember to jump online and recheck immediately before the Winter Field Day next weekend to ensure that you have the absolutely latest version with fewer bugs. Wait, let's just call them anomalies. Or you can stick with VKCL for the time being. Either way, submit your logs to the WAA website log uploader as usual. The link is on the VHF UHF Field Days webpage. Best wishes for the contest to one and all. This has been Roger Harrison VK 2ZRH for VK1 WIA News. DX Window Jan Mayan JX Helge LB4MI is QRV as JX stroke LB4MI until early October. Activities in his spare time on 20 and 17 metres using SSB. QSL to home call LB4MI. Indonesia 7B2C, 7B2E, 7B2T, 7B2H and 7B2O are QRV until the end of October to celebrate the Japanese Hindu Sinti Temple that was built in 1475. Activities on 80, 40, 20, 15 and 10 metres using SSB and FT8. QSL fire operator instructions. Gentlemen, start your engines. Friends, PC2F will be active as PF01 Max until the 20th of November over the 22 Grand Prix weekends of this year's FIA Formula 1 World Championship. For PF01 Max, your QSL via PC2F, either direct, via the Bureau, Logbook of the World or re-QSL. BBC Centenary Special Event GB100 BBC Members of the BBC's Radio Club, the London BBC Radio Group, have been granted an exceptional all-year special event call sign to help celebrate the BBC's centenary year. Ofcom will permit GB100 BBC to operate throughout the year from the headquarters station in Broadcasting House, London. However, GB100 BBC has also been operating from Northern Ireland BBC News reported on the station in Northern Ireland commemorating the centenary of the BBC, where two BBC news readers, Radio Ulster's Keith Burnside, GI4IYO and Radio 4's Jim Lee, G4AEH, got on the handwave band from Broadcasting House in Belfast from the BBC's main transmission at Dibbys Mountain near Belfast. In Ingham, I'm Felix VK4FUQ and I'll leave you this week with Shire's Contest News and Contest Manager Diane VK4DI. Last weekend saw the bands light up for the VK Shire's Contest with a return to pre-COVID rules as well as the inclusions of a four-hour rework block, rover category and 160 metres. Bill and I decided to run a multi-two station from our shack as an excuse to check the upgrades and alterations we've made in the past year or so. Activity seemed good from our location, although some operators have said that they didn't have much propagation to anywhere. The sunspot numbers weren't exceptional. There were a number of newbies to contesting, which was fantastic to see. Quite a good number of logs have been received, but there are plenty out there who haven't done so yet. Please submit your log. The amount of QSOs isn't important. It's more about having some fun and seeing if you can get a personal best for your own satisfaction. Thanks to Mark Hillman, VK3OHM, we had an updated Shires Excel spreadsheet for the Shires and also a new DB3 file of Shires for those still using VK Contest Log.
Also, a very huge thank you to Alan, VK4SN, who has been assisting me with learning to use the VK Log Checker software and the UDC he wrote for the N1MM contest software. All logs must be submitted in Cabrillo format to www.vklogchecker.com. Once uploaded, you will receive an automated reply. If you don't receive an email, first check the logs received on the VKLogger website. Your call sign will be displayed after a successful submission. If it is not shown, then email vkshires at wia.org.au and I will follow up as soon as possible. I'm happy to receive queries regarding log submissions, etc., so please feel free to contact me via the same email address. I will respond as soon as I can. This is Diane, VK4DI, VK Shires Contest Manager. Good morning. This is Kevin, VK4UH from the Redcliffe Radio Club, and I'm the Contest Manager for the Harry Angel 80 Metre Sprint. As I'm talking this morning, I've got my cap in my hands and I'm here to offer some serious apologies. The contest this year was held on the 7th of May and that was its 23rd year. Now we anticipated this year that we might have some issues with log submissions. In particular, we held concerns that we might not capture log entries that were being sent directly from within the VKCL contest logging software rather than through our own Redcliffe Club email contest server. In fact, we'd already put in place a contingency to help forward on those logs if that had occurred. What we'd not anticipated, however, were problems within our own server. Now, the server was set up to automatically forward all contest entry logs to both of the contest managers and to a safety safety net third person. And we applied what we thought was all due diligence and had sent through several dummy logs to the contest address, all of which came through okay. So the contest came and went, and we immediately started to receive the log entries as we expected, and all the logs that we did receive were confirmed by an email from the managers. What we didn't know was that for reasons best known to itself, the server had decided not to forward a small number of received logs to either manager, and instead had put them in a spam file. We've since identified several logs that met this fate, and sadly, of course, any follow-up messages or emails that came from the same centres had been treated in the same way. So after the closing date, all the logs were cross-checked and collated independently by the two managers and then compared, and we posted the final results earlier this week on the WIA contest page. It was not until this point that we became aware that we had a problem and that a small number of entries, some with very high scores, had not been captured at all. Not surprisingly, very soon after that, we received a number of complaints for some justifiably aggrieved contesters and complaints for which we are very grateful. Now, our immediate response was to suspend the reporting process and we searched for an explanation on all of the missing log files. We extended the closing date by a further two weeks and put out a call to any participants not in receipt of a confirmation email to to resubmit their logs. So our intention now is to amend the log results uh, as we receive any missing files and republish the final results on the Harry Angel contest page after the new closing date has passed. So we ask everyone who entered the Harry Angel this year to check the updated provisional result files on the contest webpage and confirm that your log has been captured. And if it's not there, contact us straight away. Every log that we have already appears there. 
I want to offer our sincere apologies to all the participants whose logs we missed, and I want to apologise as well to everyone whose position in the league table has had to be changed. But we did have to be fair to everyone. We also wish to give our undertaking to revise the entire log submission process before the 2023 contest. And by that time, we intend to have a 100% reliable, fully automated submission and cross-checking system in place. The problem we faced was totally beyond our control, entirely unforeseen and was not recognised until the results were already published. We can only apologise again and thank all those who have been affected for their forbearance. This is Kevin, VK4UH, Contest Manager for the Harry Angels Sprint. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hello, first up, worldwide special interest group, Amateur TV. Every pixel tells a story. Ten seconds for amateur radio television in the age of TikTok. Polish hams go with the times and explore new ways to get their message across to potential new licensees. The Polish Amateur Radio Union, PZK, writes, Let's create a short film together. In no more than ten seconds, finish the sentence in front of the camera. Why is it worth becoming a walkie-talkie user? PZK will assemble a movie that will help promote the amateur radio passion. There are many reasons why it's worth becoming a ham. PZK are curious what the most important is for you. PZK asks to send in a video file without editing, filters, additional subtitles, ideally in horizontal polarisation, but vertical format will also be accepted. They said that they look forward to hearing and seeing the results, a great idea and one which societies worldwide could easily piggyback on. Worldwide special interest groups, females in radio, YL meeting in Finland. Turku welcomes Scandinavia's YL radio amateurs, SYLRA, along with their handbag carriers and friends, to hold the Silra meeting in Turku, Finland, from the 18th to the 21st of August. The event is open to all YLs and their companions, and they're invited not only to the workshops, but also to enjoy Turku tourism and culinary delights. After the actual meeting, there'll be a YL gathering at Katampa Castle Island. See more and sign up at the meeting's website at oh.syrla.is. Oh, and Turku is a city on the southwest coast of Finland, straddling the Ora River. Dating from the 13th century, it's known for Turku Castle, a medieval fortress with a history museum perched at the river mouth. Worldwide special interest group news and adventure groups. Higher than a summit, this story kinda falls into real adventure group news. An imaginative leap, literally. It isn't always easy for new operators to take that big leap into HF operations. From our friends at Amateur Radio Newsline, K9AWM Andy Morrison tells us about one ham in Indiana who took that leap. Carlos Felix, KD9OLN, has spent 12 years as a skydiver in Indiana and three of those years as a skydiving ham on the air. 
He started jumping from a plane holding an HT, making two-meter activations, and progressed later to a small mobile rig with more power. This year, however, Carlos landed, or rather he leaped, into operating parachute mobile on 10 meters, specifically on 28.419 megahertz. He said his first attempt last month didn't work out because of a damaged feed line. Carlos more than made up for it on Friday, June 3rd, by jumping twice from 13,000 feet, calling CQ Parachute Mobile. Among those answering his call was someone taking a big leap of their own while keeping both feet on the ground. A technician class operator making a first-time contact on HF. Carlos said that's the whole point. He chose the 10-meter band to give technicians a taste of HF and encourage them to go forward to the next level. Many of his other HF jumps have used frequencies on 20 meters where technicians have no privileges. He said he couldn't do it without the support of the Toads and Ham Radio Clubhouse Discord groups who helped coordinate and hold the frequency for him. It also helps that Carlos is a skydiving instructor and is qualified to teach tandem and accelerated freefall. Mainly, though, he is just a ham taking a leap of faith so that others will, too. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Carlos later told our Newsline he logged a total of nine QSOs during his June 3rd jump. Thanks for the report, Andy. On to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, the checks in the mail, or in this case, in space. A new Czech satellite, their 11th in a row, was placed into orbit on the evening of May 25th following the launch by Falcon 9 rocket from Florida. Planetum 1 transmits as OK0PLA OK in the 2 meter and 70 centimeter bands with CW and GFSK. The control center is the planetarium in the capital city of Prague. The Hubble telescope has broken its own record, detecting an individual star 12.9 billion light-years away. The very Lord of the Rings-sounding star, Arendelle, existed when the universe was just 900 million years old, around the same time as the Milky Way started to form. It's only visible due to gravitational lensing. As we made mention of last week in this bulletin, you'll be aware that FunCube 1 has been transmitting a special fitter message to commemorate Her Majesty the Queen's Platinum Jubilee earlier this month. Everyone who receives this message and uploads it to the data warehouse using the dashboard can generate a certificate to remember this historic event. The special message includes a link to a website that has full instructions. It's intended to keep this message active until the end of June. Operators may have noticed that the spacecraft is now in high-power telemetry mode when in the sunlight, and the high-power telemetry setting will assist listeners to decode the data more easily. The information you are providing is invaluable to the FunCube team and will greatly assist in managing the spacecraft through its middle age after more than eight years in space. Back on Terra Firma, its worldwide special interest groups, Yota, youngsters on the air, with the latest Yoda news, it's over to Alec, VK2APC. Thank you, Cole. An ARRL Youth Outreach Forum at Dayton Hamvention highlighted resources and ideas for attracting and developing young hams and is available on YouTube for all of us to watch. ARRL Education and Learning Manager Steve Goodgame, Kilo 5 Alpha, Tango Alpha, led the crowd of attendees through a highly interactive session discussing strategies, tools, 
and reasons for engaging we youth. Centered around the theme of how and why to engage youth in amateur radio, forum attendees participated in discussion groups and shared their findings throughout the forum. The entire presentation was recorded by Josh, Kilo India 6, November Alpha Zulu. Please watch the Amateur Radio Youth Outreach, the Why and How, ARRL Education and Learning. The link is in this week's text edition of the WIA National News. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Alec, VK2 APC in Sydney. Now back over to you, Cole. Thanks, Alec. And from youth to those of us who've been around a tad longer, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Old Timers. Quarter Century Wireless Association Incorporated, QCWA, provides donation to support ARIS. Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, ARIS USA, is very pleased to announce that the Quarter Century Wireless Association has made a highly notable contribution of $4,500 to support the ARIS program. QCWA President Ken Olkey, VE6AFO, presented the generous gift to ARIS USA at Hamvention during the ARIS Forum. ARIS is the acronym for Amateur Radio on the International Space Station. Ken hopes the funding will catalyse individuals and other groups around the globe to follow suit and contribute to ARIS. For WIA National News, I'm Cole, VK3GTV. Social scene. In VK6, Perth Tech happens October 21 through 23. In VK7, the Maina Ham Fest, Saturday, November 19. VK3, Rosebud Radio Fest, November 20. And in 2023, Alara Meet 2023 happens in November, Saturday the 4th, Sunday the 5th in Hobart. Alara Meet 2023. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.